Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Novel Ideas for April 21st, 2023. And tonight we're taking a break from reading fiction and discussing a book by somebody I have always greatly admired. We're reading, we're discussing Being Human by Judith Human. And before we begin the discussion, we're going to play a YouTube video. It's an interview that was done three years ago when the book came out with Judith Human and Trevor Noah. So um, without any further ado, Alan, are you ready? I, I'm ready, but let, let me make sure everybody, I'm getting ready to mute everybody. Okay. And does everybody know how to unmute themselves? Because I don't think it'll yes. let me. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, uh, otherwise we will not be hearing from you again, I expect. But uh, uh, so this is the first time I've done this and I'm doing it on the iPhone because I learned how to share oh, audio wow. on, the, on the iPhone. So. We'll see. Hopefully, maybe I'll be a resource to teach others if, if this works. But uh, first of all, I'm going to mute everybody, and then I'm going to start the uh, the audio play. It's like 10 minutes long, and like Randy said, it's uh, Trevor Noah on The Daily Show uh, interviewing uh, GD right after the, the book came out and stuff. So it's only about 10 minutes. So give me a second here. Here we go. All right. Everybody's muted. We're not hearing you, Alan. Oh, no, it's coming. Give me a second. Can I just say, reading reading this book, I, I expected to be impressed by it, but I wasn't quite expected for how much of a badass you would be. Um, no, because you, you, you don't just advocate for human rights and, and rights for people with disabilities, but, but you fight for them, and you fight for them with a passion. Welcome to the show. Before I get into my first question, I, I, I guess what really blew my mind about your story is that I specifically have taken for granted so many things in life that I feel like were always there, ramps, you know, for getting into stores, uh, you know, ramps that help people get into buses when traveling, all, all measures that we put in place to help everybody be part of society. You lived in a world where that wasn't true and you fought to make those changes. What was that world like before the world we live in today? So I grew up in Brooklyn, all of you from Brooklyn. And um, <laughs> at that time, so I was born in 1947, I had polio. In 1949, there were no laws. There were no federal laws that made it illegal to discriminate against many people. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the Civil Rights Act in the U.S. didn't come about till 1964, and the disability community was not included in that. So my world was, A, there were no motorized wheelchairs at that time because the technology wasn't there. Right. 
And so um, I lived in a neighborhood where there were small private homes and I couldn't get across the street by myself because there, were, there was a step on either side. Wow. And um, still a problem today, housing is not necessarily accessible. So you'll see in the book where I talk about going from my parents' house to my neighbor's house and having to scream into the house to ask my friend to come out and play. But um, as I got older, it became a bigger problem because the school in our neighborhood was not accessible. My mother took me to that school, um, PS198. At that time, it wasn't accessible. After the laws came into being in 1981, it was renovated. The school became accessible. But the principal denied me entrance into the school because I couldn't walk. And he said I could be a fire hazard. But said not to worry because the Board of Education would send a teacher to my house, Mm -hmm. which they did for a total of two and a half hours a week for the first, second, third, and half of the fourth grade. So I think you can see um, that the landscape has changed in many ways. Movie theaters weren't accessible. Um, I went to a Chinese restaurant once with a group of friends in wheelchairs, and the manager told us we had to leave. And that's when I get really fired up. So there really is, <laughs> I, I, it kind of comes out of me. And I thought, we're not leaving, but I can't just kind of say, we're not leaving. So I said, call the police. And the guy was like, and I said, we're not leaving, call the police. And of course he didn't call the police. Right. And then we stayed there. But um, I think what's really important. Yeah. I- It, it feels like that, that's been the story of your life, though, is, is defiantly, uh, you know, reminding people or, or even exposing to people how many obstacles so many people in our society face. You know, as an able-bodied person, I take so many things for granted. We take things for granted. I Where, call you non-disabled. Though. You call me non-disabled? Oh, I never know which term it is, to be honest, because in I the book... I call you non-disabled because we also... Um, because the likelihood of you acquiring a disability uh, temporarily or permanently is statistically very high. So... Did you just threaten me? Yes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, you, you, we take for granted, though, either way, how, how little it changes our lives if we don't have disabilities versus how much of an impact it makes positively in other people's lives. Children can go to school. Children can, can meet with friends and associates. People can go to work. People can live independently. You realized that there was a deficiency in America at that time, and there's still a lot of work to be done. The protest that you, that, you, that you helped put together, though, was something no one had ever thought of before. We saw a little bit of it in that clip, but you decided to shut New York down, basically. This is a very funny story. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of funny stories, but anyway. <laughs> so um, President Nixon had vetoed the Rehabilitation Act, which has this important set of laws in it under Title V. And we had organized a a demonstration in Manhattan outside a federal building. But because the buses weren't accessible and the trains weren't accessible, we weren't able to get anybody to go out and scope out this building. Well, it turns out this building is probably the only building in the city where there's virtually no traffic around it. And we were having a demonstration and we went and sat in the street and nobody really cared because there were hardly any cars. And so, but the police were there and they said, what would you like? And they wanted us to leave. And I said, well, where is Nixon headquarters? So the officer literally called in and said, 
where is Nixon headquarters? So we took the 50 of us and we got over to Nixon headquarters. It was on Madison Avenue. It was, it was completely unplanned. And so there we were, 50 of us, right. from Brooklyn and Queens and Manhattan and the Bronx, and we decided, okay, we're gonna shut down the streets. And what you didn't show in the clip is Ann Coppolo, who is a little bit more than three feet tall, who's talking about how there we were, sitting, like shutting off all of the Madison Avenue area. Right. Then we pulled back because it was a little scary with all these trucks, pissed off about how we were shutting down the city. But nonetheless, we were able to do it. But what I think is really important about my story is that my story isn't my story. So my story is really the story of many other people. Mm -hmm. And Kristen Joyner, who helped me write this book because it wouldn't have come to being without her. Um, friends of mine with disabilities living in different parts of the world are also talking about how this is their story. Because the issue of discrimination and oppression and um, how our lives have been limited and how people are really gaining back our voices. And I think one of the important parts of the film, Crip Camp, that people will see mm -hmm. is a camp where disabled kids went together and how, you know, we went to a camp and we had fun, but we also really use it as an opportunity to be together because in so many ways, disabled people are isolated from each other. And so the camp really allowed us to begin to fantasize what we wanted the world to look like, and then also began to question why things weren't happening. And I think that really has been the crux of what's gone on in the United States and South Africa and countries around the world, right. where people have finally said, we are not gonna tolerate this anymore. It's, it's been 30 years now since the American Disabilities Act was passed. Many would feel like everything has been done and everyone has access to what they need. What do you still feel needs to be improved specifically in the United States? So I think the United States and around the world, one of the big issues is that people with disabilities need to feel proud of who we are. Um, we need not to be ashamed of who we are. Many, many people with disabilities have invisible disabilities like epilepsy or diabetes or depression or um, anxiety or whatever the disability may be. And people are We're frequently stopped. afraid of speaking out because mm -hmm. of the stigma. And what we find when we start speaking up about who we are with pride and, and really ownership, that we have a right to be equal members of our society wherever we live, that really makes a change. So I would say that the law is great, needs more implementation, more technical assistance. There are other provisions of laws that we need to have, but fundamentally, we as disabled people and as allies, like I know you are, because you've done some great work on your program, mental health piece that you did was fantastic. Oh, um, that's really, I think, what the objective is, that we as disabled people need to band together, speak out against the depression, oppression or discrimination against anyone, and that needs to be the norm. And I want to just also say, you know, I live in D.C., and the metro there, uh, some of the most frequent users of the elevators are men and women who have babies in baby carriages. Mm -hmm. So I think we really need to also look at the kinds of accommodations that theoretically have been made for disabled people actually benefit so many other people. All right. And people right. don't even realize why they're doing it. 
That's really beautiful. I, I honestly, I loved every part of your story because of how fierce it is, because of how funny it is, because of how interesting it is, because of how much you learn. I mean, I learned about stories in and around the Disabilities Act, the story of America, and I learned that there was once a time in New York when there was no traffic on some streets. So thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you so much for being here. Being Human, a beautiful tale from real life is available now. And Netflix will feature Crip Camp beginning March 25th. Judith Human, everybody. Audio now unmuted. Thanks for running the video, Alan. Could you hear it okay? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I had to turn it up a little yeah. bit, but it was not it mine. Was I'll level eight it. It'll be raised when I let raise it. Well, I mean, I I ran normalization on it. And it was plenty loud when I listened to it just on my phone by itself, but but it sounded really low when I played it in Zoom. So. Yeah, but well, uh, not too, not too bad. Really. It was fine. Yeah, Sorry, it took me a while to get it started, but I'm I, I'm new to this. It, so, yeah, it wasn't yeah. that long. Yeah, yeah. It was fine at all. Yeah. yeah. And Judy Great. has such a powerful voice, anyway. She does <laughs> that. She comes through, you know. Thanks, Alan. Sure, sure. That was that was great. I like Tre- I like Trevor Noah. That 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 was a good choice. I still <laughs> I like need to read his yeah. book. I liked it when he asked her, "Are you Martin threatening me?" Definitely. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, I I like. <laughs> and when she said to him, you know, uh, "Well, you're not disabled yet." <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, that was threatening me. <laughs> we used to refer to people as temporarily able-bodied. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Then he says, oh. "Are you threatening me?" I thought that was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was yeah. <laughs> well, we have fifteen people here. That's great. So we'll go around and give everybody a chance to talk. And although I don't think people are going to find anything really to dislike about this one, <laughs> but um, Bob, you want to go first? Yes, and I will be briefer uh, than I was going to be. Let me say that from the California perspective, we came uh, we came to know Judy Human when she was the uh, assistant director of the Independent Living Center in Berkeley. Um, I want to say that, sadly, uh, then we were in the National Federation of the Blind, and they said no coalitions, none. If yeah. you coalesce with any other disability group will throw you out and they did they threw out roger peterson if you know him because he dared to go to a meeting of disabled people so we didn't play a major part in all this business like san francisco the california council of the blind then was uh, well, we are National Federation of the Blind of California, and the NFB was a huge organ at 5,000 people. We could have helped there, but uh, the leadership said, no way, don't do it. And um, so with that said, two things I want to point out, and Judy's an incredible person and, and a true leader and a great champion. We didn't do as well with Ed Roberts. Ed Roberts was the director of rehab, and the blind in California were the Rolls-Royce of the of the disabled i don't like the word handicapped either and we got what we wanted because we had dr jacobus tenbrook 
the great leaders, the Berkeley Trust, we, the Berkeley graduates, California School for the Blind, were in the legislature. We had a blind assemblyman, Ernest Crowley, who got us, helped us tremendously. So we, a lot of these groups were jealous of us. And I remember going to a council meeting when um, later the future director of the uh, Department of Rehab, uh, a young young lady then, uh, the, the, as we called them, and it's rude, but they were rude to us. We call them the wheelies. They said, we're going to roll over the blind. You've had it. You've had enough in California. And Ed Roberts declared us the enemy. He said, you're the enemy. So we, But Judy did not do that when there was the alternate meeting on the handicapped presented by Jimmy Carter, had a conference on the handicapped. And the, we held a, an alternate meeting in the basement. And Judy Human was there because she wanted to lead and learn. I don't know if all of the disability groups can unite, okay? But I can tell you that ACB, just as Judy is the mother of civil rights, Durwood McDaniel was for the blind. And we joined, we fought for the ADA. The Federation did not until the last second. And all they wanted was we can refuse ADA if we want to. Durward and, and Senator Kennedy, Pat Wright, Judy Human got the, the we got they got the ADA for signed by a Republican president, George Bush. I don't care what uh, what politics you are. He did a great deed. Is it perfect? No, but it's a beginning and we're going to get other champions. Lastly, I was the first totally blind teacher to teach sighted youngsters in a regular classroom situation in California in, in uh, Los Angeles Unified School District. And I got it not through court action, I guess. I wasn't as brave as she was, but my union, the American Federation of Teachers and the California Council of the Blind asked, they dared the district, do a test case, see if we can do it. And in those days, we said, Give us the contract. We don't want accommodation. Give me the contract and I'll do the rest. Well, now there's givens. We don't need to do that anymore. There are certain accommodations, which I know Judy wants us to have too, wanted us, is access. It's a given. Will we have it? Do we have it yet? No, but we will. I might not be around, but we're, everyone in this country is going to be, have a disability. When they, when they get older, whenever, and access is going to win. We're going to get it to be accessible. So, yes, I taught 37 years at Chatsworth High School. I had a great time. I was a lucky man, and that's because of people like Judy Human. Thank you so much, Randy. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that was great, Bob. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Alan? Yeah, uh, yeah, good, good, good talk, Bob. Uh, th this book was great. I mean, I, I, how could you not like this woman? I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I'm sorry she's gone now, but uh, uh, I, I, I can't imagine anybody hearing this story, and and, and probably not, probably if they're being honest with themselves, shamefully looking away because. Uh, they haven't thought about some of this stuff. That that was one thing I wish she had emphasized more. I mean, there that there's so much that 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 gets overlooked for people, and it, if we could just educate people to treat others with respect and to treat others and try to walk in everybody's shoes, the Lord, we're we're, we're going to be saying that till we're all dead. I know, but uh, 
it, it, it would, we would all be so much better off. And I, and I know that's all pie in the sky and stuff, but, uh, uh, th- this, this was just a great story. And, uh, uh, I, I wish I had been with them there in San Francisco causing all that ruckus and, and, you know, and, 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 and getting into the federal building and, and, and trying to get that 504, you know, stuff passed, uh, uh, just, just, a very inspirational. And, uh, she, she was obviously, super intelligent and, and you know if we could just convince people that you know quit thinking everybody's got to be the same and just take people for what they can do and and accept them and 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 we'll all be a lot better off because we will all come up with better ideas to do stuff because that, that's just the way it works i'm telling you when when you've got to come up with workarounds and stuff you're constantly thinking about this stuff and it's just uh uh, it, 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 it's good for everybody. You, you need to get, you need to get participation from everybody. So anyway, uh, that's enough for me. So thanks. Okay. Thanks, Alan. Who is there? You go two one five. Is that you, Sally? Yep. That's me. Okay. Um, my late husband, my late husband was of Judy humans era and he was paralyzed with polio when he was four years old. Um, in, and used a power wheelchair, um, was in later years very much more disabled by post-polio syndrome. Um, he, we were an odd couple. Um, people didn't know what to do with us in public. Our favorite <laughs> thing was to go to a restaurant. He had a service dog, uh, a real service dog from a real school, genuine dog, um, and I had a guide dog, and we'd be sitting at a table in a restaurant, and a waiter or a waitress would come up and not know who to talk to because, you know, she talked to the guy in the wheelchair or the blind woman, you know. Um, <laughs> and we used, to just, we used to just sit and wait to see what happened. But um, I, <laughs> I did not read this book because um, I knew a lot about Judy Human. But um, mm-hmm. in a few weeks, it'll be the fourth anniversary of my husband's death, and I just didn't want to deal with this book right now. But one thing I will say, my husband was a partner in a law firm, and he found that there's so much of the ADA that is not implemented. People will not put a ramp in until, often until they're forced to. And one way to force them to is to sue them or to show them how that if they put a ramp in, it's going to be good for business. You have to hit people economically. You know, know, if they're not going to put a ramp in because it's a law and they don't really care, they don't want people like that in here, hit them in the pocket because that's where it works best of all. And that's all I have to say. I'm I'm surprised those waitresses didn't talk to your dogs instead of one of (laughs) y'all. <laughs> I think the dogs are pointing to something on the menu like steak. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Okay, uh, thanks. Sure. Um Joni, is that you six two three? No. Yeah, that's right. I'm six two three. Um Okay. Well, I have a sort of a confession to make. Um, most everybody on this in this room knows that I have COVID, and 
So I went to read Judy's book, and I got through, I don't know how much, and I mean, I, she was born in 47, so I remember going through the whole um, early 40s with um, the fear of polio, like you couldn't go swimming, you couldn't do this, you couldn't do that with other, where there were other kids, and well, what happened was uh, I was reading, and then, and I was real interested. I thought, but I kind of fell asleep during. Well, when I woke up, I checked to see how much time had gone by, and the whole book had six hours was gone. So, oh well, so hey, was, that happens. I was, I was very impressed. Yeah, I was very impressed with Judy last. Um, at the convention, uh, hearing her speak and really admiring her for what she has done for people with with all kinds of disabilities, including us. She hasn't excluded blind people, so that's great. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Okay, thanks, Joni. And get better. Oh, um, thank you. I'm yeah. working on it. Ruthann? Well, I read this book uh, and uh, was very impressed by everything. I read it. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, but it it really impressed. And many of the things, you know, I think happen to, to blind people as well. We uh, didn't, you know, have... Happen to have. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, That's okay. But uh, it it was definitely, and you know, we've definitely got to know Judy from this book. I mean, we we got to know, you know, the funny things she had to say, the the, the you know, how she you know really helped. And 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 I I I, uh, I think I'll I, th- I think I'll stop talking right now. Okay. Well, thanks. Um, Deborah. Well, re- reading this book for me was just a uh, just a really poignant and powerful walk down memory lane because I knew all the people. Um, I wasn't there for all the early events because I didn't, I didn't get involved with disability rights until after, uh, the 77 thing. I was really interested to hear what Bob had to say because being in Ohio, I was, um, I was not aware of the, not aware, but not at all surprised by the conflict between, um, the NFB blind in California and the, and the um, cross disability efforts. But this, I, I mean, you know, a big part of my life story, my career story is that after establishing myself as a freelance writer and being terrified to, to, to write about anything to do with blindness or disability, because I was so afraid it would ruin my career. And when I finally came out 
so to speak, and began doing that. And it was so liberating and so rewarding. And it dovetailed with my getting involved with advocacy and a lot of cross-disability stuff so that I launched the first and only op-ed column in America on disability rights in 86. And because of that, I came to know a lot of these people. Justin Dart was a dear, dear, dear man and mentor, and I adored him and was so sorry that I didn't come to know him sooner than I did. And I'm so glad that he got a mention in this book. But, um, uh, you know, I mean, I don't even know what to say. Like so many things. My my first friend and, and one of my lifelong best friends um, is three years younger than Judy. I'm, and I met Sue in graduate school when she we became roommates by accident and she had a manual wheelchair because she didn't have her power chair yet. And she, like Judy, had not been allowed to go to school in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, she hadn't been called a fire hazard, but maybe, maybe I didn't know that part of the story, but she had to be tutored at home. So going to college was like the first time she'd ever been in school with other people. And she's so wow. smart. She's so smart and so wonderful, and she married a wonderful man, and she raised two wonderful kids and was a teacher for, I don't know, 30-some-odd years of kids with cognitive disabilities. But getting to know – and Judy kind of sounds like her. Every time I hear Judy speak, I think, oh, my God, she sounds like Sue. But um, anyway, I, I am rambling. But so I I am so <coughs> grateful for, for things like – because getting to know Sue opened my eyes – to the fact that, I mean, we used to, you know, we come up with all these slogans, you know, the bane of the cane is the zeal of the wheel. Cause when they started making the curb cuts, like she was so happy and I was so bummed because I needed those curbs to find where the, where to step off into the street. But anyway, I, 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 this, I, I enjoyed this book. Um, I, there wasn't anything in it I didn't already know except how she met Jorge. And I loved that part. I loved the romance. It was so sweet. And yeah, I liked it too. I, yeah. Everything else in it I knew. And I just have to say too that one, um, you know, a lot of the events that she talks about later than 81, I, I, I covered as a journalist. And I was at the ADA signing in 1990, and it remains one of the highlights of my life. Um, and Bob is right because one of the things I remember about the ADA, so I, I just get chills every time I, she described it perfectly. And every time I read again or hear again, those words of, of President Bush saying, let the shameful wall of exclusion finally come tumbling down. I mean, I can hear his voice. I can feel the sun on my face sitting in that crowd and the, the goosebumps that I got when I heard him say it. And it makes me want to cry again every time. Yeah, I was wishing I was there. And I it saw it was on just so, but Bob is right, because I'll tell you who was there. There were 3,000 people and there were a billion wheelchairs and a billion crutches and a billion braces and a billion deaf people and a billion blind people. But guess what? The blind people were all ACB, and I'm sorry right, to Deborah. say that, yeah, yeah. but I did not see a single NFB person there. And um, 
ironically, and I feel kind of bad about this because they weren't there, but Mark Riccobono, um, I, I had written something about um, the thirtieth uh, on the thirtieth anniversary of the ADA, and Mark Riccobono asked me for it, and he put it on the NFB blog, and I'm kind of sorry because I feel like they weren't even there. They weren't even there because, and you know, they're they're doing coalition now, so that's good. You yeah. know, they're they're working, they're doing what they yeah. should do now. But um, uh, yeah, so. Um, it was, it was just really fun to read this book. Oh, and the other thing was that, that I wondered about was, as I said, I, I knew just about all the people that she named, um, Jeff Moyer, who Bob probably knows he's a Californian, Ohio interned Californian. And, um, he, my intro to blind people was having to go to the blind school to, in order to get money for college. And Jeff Moyer was my boyfriend in the summer blind school. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he was a musician. He played a guitar. And, he was great. Was yeah, great well, guy. he played the guitar then, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he sure did. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah. Yeah. So it was cool to see him mention. And one more thing, you guys. If if this book was, this was a short book, but Joni and anyone else who didn't, and Sally, since you didn't read it, there's, Another version of it that came out a year later that's also on Bard, and it's called Rolling, Rolling Warrior. It's got all this pretty much the same info. It's shortened considerably. It's only four hours long. So it's have a quicker they, Have they read. ever considered making a movie of Judy's life? Would that help educate the public? That'd be great. Yeah, I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I don't well, know. they did do Crip Camp. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that That's was a really good movie. It was. Oh, the Crip Camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks, Deborah. Jana. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm gonna get myself shot out of here with a cannon, probably. Um, um, I I did read the book, and I do acknowledge her role in getting the uh, section 504 passed and with and with ADA I'm not on the Judy human bandwagon um, I she was very close with Ed Roberts who mm-hmm. as as Bob has said <laughs> it's a you know you, you blind people have had enough he he hated blind people I, I live in California so oh. I've, I've seen a little different perspective on some of this stuff so and, uh, and of course Judy Human was associated with um, I mean she worked for the CILs and this I'm not going to say that CILs never did anything for blind people, but they really were not, they didn't do very much for blind people really when it, when it, when it all comes down to it. And there have been times when uh, disability groups have worked together and because this is the CIL gets their funding by saying that they serve all disabilities and there have been times when all the blindness organizations nfb acb i can think of one um, major incident uh, where we were trying to get a commission for the blind in california 
And all the blindness organizations worked together, and some of the other organizations did too. And the CIL opposed it because they were afraid of losing their funding. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I Judy Human was very close to um, Ed Roberts, and and was associated with the organ. You know, of course, with CIL, and. So I, I guess I'm a little skeptical about we all need to work together and well, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that wrong. Uh, she was saying in her book that um, she was including blind people in her book. I, I understand all of that, but I guess I wonder how it really played out because I know the role that CIL took in, in blindness and it, it, it hasn't been a very good one. So, and, and I, I can't help it. I do associate her with all of that. So I, I realize I'm in very much of a minority view, but, um, that I, that, that, that is how I feel. <laughs> so I know everybody's entitled. Absolutely. Yeah. If yep. everybody's entitled to their own opinion, I have comments on the CILs that I'll get into maybe later if there's time, but we'll see. Um, Cause I worked for one too, actually. So um, Marsha. Well, I, I must say I had not heard of Judy human until I saw the movie Crip camp about a year and a half ago. And I, I, I admire her tenacity i admire her advocacy and i know there's one four-letter word she never said in her life and that word is quit yeah um i i'm very much glad um i read the book um it took me well two two nights one the, the last night i was up till like three in the morning reading it it was worth every single word every single letter sentence and uh I wish I would have heard of her sooner than I did, but at least I finally managed to, um, you know, uh, come across her and became somewhat familiar with her work. I'm sorry of with the NFB thing. I was an NFB person for a while. I'm so glad I am no longer. Um, anyway, I guess that's about it. Okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. Shelly? Okay. Can you all hear me? I wasn't sure if I unmuted. Yeah, correctly. you're good. I can. Yeah. 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 You're good. Okay. okay, great. Well, first of all, uh, Randy, I want to thank you for recommending this book. Um, I have never heard of Judy Human until you brought her up last month. And I was born in the 70s, so I really don't know. Um, you know, I know all this has happened probably around when I was born, maybe before. I don't know. Uh, I thought the book was spectacular. I learned a lot. I loved her humor. Um, I, I really respect all that she has done for, I think we're all included in what she has done. I don't think it's just, a you know, for people in wheelchairs. I think it's for any disability. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, what else she, you know, really couldn't do. I mean, she was really like, just, I, I can't even say enough about her. I couldn't believe all that she, you know, all the, the hard work she put into things and, she just like Marsha said, uh, she wouldn't quit. And, you know, I, I wish she was still here today. Um, unfortunately, she died pretty 
you know, she, she lived a great life. I think, you know, with all the things she did, I think she made the best of it. Um, it's just sad that she passed away. And I did not see Crip Camp. I, I really enjoyed the YouTube video. And, you know, when I read this book, it kind of, I mean, you know, I know we all have our, our stories, but it kind of brought home a few things to me because it kind of spoke to me a little bit because I had some things happen to me in my life that kind of, you know, she was dealing with not, thank God, not in a wheelchair, but like the school situations. Um, when I was younger, my mom had to actually fight for me to get into a public school. They didn't even want to take me in. Uh, you know, they wanted to send me out to um, the Batavia School for the Blind. And she fought for me. I was the first blind student over where I went to school in Cleveland Hill. Um, so they had a lot to learn from me. <laughs> I think I paved the way for them, but you know, they had a lot to learn and, you know, it just shows you, if you don't speak up, you're not going to get anywhere. So I, I really, I think we have a long way to go and I think we have come a long way. So again, thank you so much for recommending this to me. Okay. Thanks. Sure. Um, 407 area code. Hello. Hello. Can you hear Hello. me okay? Yes. Yeah. Is that you, Shirley? <clears throat> yes. Okay. Um, well, a couple things. I, I guess first, just as a quick aside, I, I got a uh, kick out of uh, Debbie talking about um, Jeff Moyer because I, I met, I was at the, the same place that she and Jeff were, but I was there for a different reason um, than what they were. But I, I, that was when I met both of them, actually, um, that same summer that Debbie was talking about. I met she and Jeff Moyer both. So it's kind of interesting when you think about the past. But anyway, as far as the book, um, I guess the first time I heard of Judy was last year when she spoke at the ACB convention. And I guess I, I really need to listen to that speech again. I don't think I was paying the the most attention that I could have and... I'm not sure I was really wide awake <laughs> trying to listen to it that night. And I need to go back and find that now that I've read the book. I really didn't know anything about her before then. And and then, you know, I had read recently that she had passed away. And I really didn't have plans to read the book, but this gave me a reason to read it. And I was really glad because, um, Wow, I just I wouldn't have had the um the the guts or the incentive um to do half of the things she did. And I'm just totally amazed by the fact that she did all these things. I didn't realize she was as disabled as what she was. Um, you know, having to help people. I can't imagine holding down a job, going to work and doing all that stuff and having to find people to help you every time you had to use the bathroom and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, apparently she was in a lot worse shape than um, what probably most people knew as, as far as her physical, you know, dependability that she needed. And I was thrilled to um, see her, you know, find somebody and get married I was also, um, and this isn't going to mean much to most of you, but I um, also didn't know um, that she was the same uh, religion that I am. And that was very interesting <clears throat> to me because growing up, 
um, there were not a whole lot of people with disabilities, um, you know, in my religion that I could relate to. I think there were three of us at the School for the Blind, and, you know, there weren't many um, in in my hometown or anything, and it would have been nice to have had somebody like that to communicate with, and I was really glad that she, you know, got involved in religious activities and, and things like that, because it was tough. I mean, that was one place I definitely had a little bit of uh, discrimination trying to do things in my community and, um, you know, my parents uh, trying to get them to let me uh, do activities and, and things like that that I wanted to be involved in. So, um, you know, it was very interesting to me to read about all that. And, I, you know, like I said, I was I was quite fascinated by the book and everything she was involved in. So, um, you know, whoever brought it up and, you know, uh, came up with this particular, uh, uh, you know, venue or topic for us to read about, um, I certainly appreciate it because I probably would not have really known that much about her or read the book otherwise. So thanks a lot. Okay. Well, thanks. Liz? Um, yeah, I really thoroughly enjoyed the book. And like many, I, I really honestly have to admit, I never heard of Judy Human until um, several months ago. And a friend of mine had read this book and she said she really thought I would enjoy it. And I did. And I could relate to so much that she went through. Um, I spe- I, like I can actually remember having a friend in middle school. And when the elevators went down, I, I literally had to pull her uh, wheelchair up the steps <laughs> so she could get to class. Um, and I would, you know, assist her in the bathroom all the time and stuff. So it's like, you know, it's, I, I relate to that stuff. Um, the first time I got involved with um, any kind of like disability rights was in the mid 70s at Eastern. We had a group called um, the Movement. Marcia, you may remember that. Oh, yeah. Um, and I remember um, that unfortunately they did kind of roll over the blind people. That was my experience is that (laughs) most of the energy and effort that was put out of that in terms of getting accessibility on campus was really um, focused on, uh, you know, the people with the wheelchair and the the physical disabilities. Um, So I was kind of susceptible when I met the NFB in the late 70s and I got involved and I did kind of get pulled into the radical, you know, we've got to fight for our own rights because no one's going to do it for us. Um, Like Marcia said, I'm glad that I've gotten away from that because it just felt it for me at that time, it felt almost cultish. Um, and so, I mean, I'm not going to say that the NFB hasn't accomplished some great things. Um, I mean, I actually did go to net, neck trekking and <laughs> I went to Capitol Hill to lobby, you know, with some stuff. And um, so it was it was a good experience for me. Um, I've had a little bit of experience with CILs because I ran a group. Uh, I did a couple groups for um, at our local CIL uh, support groups. Um, so it, it was... I had a fine experience. I mean, yes, most of the people there, there weren't many blind people there, but uh, they were, they were fine. They, they treated me well. So, 
um, it, it was it was a, a really big walk around memory lane. Um, I was what I was really touched by is how supportive Judy's family was, because not every kid with a disability has that level of support in their family. And I'm going to tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, the the tendency is to don't embarrass us by, you know, showing how blind you are. So I was very happy that that uh, Judy had a family that was really supportive. I thought it was really cool how she, you know, how her neighbors were. It seemed like she grew up with supportive neighbors too. She could roll in front of their house and just start <laughs> screaming for their kids, yeah. and her mom, would, she'll be on in a minute. You know? <laughs> just, <laughs> I love that too. Yeah. So I yeah. really enjoyed this book, and and I appreciated kind of unlocking some of those memories that have, that I just have put away for a long time about how things really were, uh, you know, in college professors that refused to let you record the class and, you know, uh, not, not being willing to hear that, you know, note taking for me is if I'm taking notes, I'm not focused on what you're saying. And when I get home, I can't read them anyway, because they're not, you know, it's like, so, but they would refuse to let me take notes in class. I mean, record class, um, you know, just getting books. I mean, it, Oh my God! I can remember how inaccessible yeah. books were in the seventies and before that, and and we're so spoiled even after today. that too. Oh yeah, absolutely, and we're yeah. so spoiled today. I mean, I don't know how about how textbooks are. Hoping they're more accessible than they were then. Definitely. But sometimes, Definitely. sometimes my books wouldn't arrive until like the middle of a semester. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and there'd be half um, a book, yeah. right? Right. Or, or you yeah. never got any. I mean, I had yeah. 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 A, lot, a lot of semesters so, with no books. So, 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 yeah. could, could, could I could I throw something in before I forget it? That's just a point of information. Is is that okay? Sure. Yeah, we have okay. Carla and I, I just, Carla and I, I haven't had a chance yet. And I haven't had a chance on okay. Sharon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sharon I, hasn't I, had a chance either. I just wanted to say about, you know, people have weighed in about CILs. And I just I just want to say that I think whether it's good or bad, I think that um, the, the attitude toward blind people in CILs was inconsistent at best. So yeah, in some, because I wound up getting really involved in Cincinnati and at the state, I was chair of the statewide independent living council. And then I got involved in the national independent. A lot of it was because of my work as a journalist. But what I found was Cincinnati totally embraced me and other blind people. Being on the statewide independent living council, I was the chair. The executive director was a, a wheelchair guy. He hated me. He would I swear he would have killed me if he had a chance. He <laughs> did everything he could to undermine everything I said and did. Mm. Basically said, you know, that people who had hearing and visual were impairments weren't even disabled. Like we didn't belong. And I mean, he was so ugly. He was wow. just ugly. But then I remember going to national nickel events where you know, people just wrap me up, you know, they, so I think, I think it was, you guys are are right. There was not acceptance in some places, but I think it was inconsistent and I didn't know Ed Roberts. So I'm really sorry to hear what a booger he was. I'd like to say that nickel opposed a lot of the things the blind wanted, the Federation and the councils, but that's okay. If you had a good experience, terrific. I had yeah, a lot of mine was good too. I worked in two cells, but anyway. Um, so, 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 people here. 
So Liz, why why would the uh, other than the fact that they were dicks, why wouldn't they let you record their uh, uh, record the oh, their, can, their stuff? Oh, I had something that did oh, that I too. Can no, I, 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 Liz, I think I can help you out. The prof felt that they would be edited. I the book. I got on real late. Thank you. I'm sorry, Liz, but they, they felt that they would be edited. This was a time of uh, McCarthyism. Yeah, uh, there was Paradise, California, which was not Paradise. A kid recorded the teacher's book and a lecture and accused him of being a communist. And props are that way. They're wrong, uh, but they're yeah. that way. Uh, uh, uh. Okay, thanks. Thank you. All right. um, One other, there was also a professor at Eastern. There was a, a deaf student in the class, and this professor had um a mustache a big mustache uh-huh and uh, the the student student uh, was saying something about the fact that that she couldn't read this person's lips and asked if there was anything that they could do mm-hmm. about having this professor shave his mustache <laughs> uh-huh. and they said no no they wouldn't <laughs> well, there are sure. still times now when when uh students aren't allowed to record books it, yes. it, it does still yeah. happen sometimes today you know um, what? okay my, my, go ahead go ahead liz but no, we I need to give carla and sharon i know I, I just want to close my experience was is that um the professors and I've even had doctors that did not want me to record the session. And I've got a lot of medical stuff going on right now. And I just recently yeah. had an experience mm-hmm. with a doctor who would not let me record. Um, I, did get a I did get a yeah. different doctor. Yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah. it, and, um, many of them are coming from different um, different countries where they're, they're really, they have good reason to fear that kind of stuff. But it's like, hear us out and understand that I'm not just doing this for my own, you know, it's like, yeah. this is I want to do that. So anyway, right, right, yeah, the, right. the professors I had trouble with were from other countries for the most part. And, yeah. So, but anyway, um, Sharon. Yes. Hi. Okay. okay. Um, uh, for me, um, I had known about Judy human and, but I had not read anything of hers before. I really felt her pain and loneliness in her childhood because I had a fair amount of that too. Um, and the the whole incident in San Francisco with a sit-in was absolutely thrilling to me. Mm-hmm. But I have to say that uh, I, work, I worked at a local CIL and I was the first blind person they had had there ever, I believe. And it was really hard. And uh, I never felt that they totally embraced my access needs for information, you know, because it was all physical access. And interestingly, I'm going back to that CIL on Monday for a housing workshop. And it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, who who is going to be there. Um, So even though Judy expressed that there was a lot of patience during the sit-in, even if somebody took an hour to say something, I'm not convinced that total cross disability is really workable because the needs are so different. And I recently worked at, uh, for an organization that focused on cognitive disability. That's even more different um, because you can't get concepts across in the same way. I just don't know. It's we're so diverse as a group of people with disabilities. Um, but I really did admire her. I thought the book was well written, and I thought 
she had a lot of grit. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Yes. Oh, thanks. Definitely. Um, Carla. Well, I really enjoyed the book. Um, I, um, um, I, one thing I have to say is that there was a lot of parallelism of, of what she went through and what I went through when I was young. Um, um, I, I too had to, my parents had to fight to get me into the Peters Township School District. And uh, and the only one, finally they only let me in when they had to because of mainstreaming finally came in the fall of 1975. So then they didn't have any choice. Um, and, you know, so, so there was a lot of parallelism and I had to fight to get my teaching certificate because I had two cooperating teachers and an aide that didn't think blind people should teach. And so they were trying to, you know, to, to make it so that I couldn't get my certificate and I had to fight for that. And um, I, I do think that there is a place for cross disabilities to work together, but I think they have to do a combination of working together when they can and then working apart in their various groups to get their various needs made. Because if they all if we all just work together all the time, somebody's going to get lost. You know, you can't just come under the umbrella and mm-hmm. some things are sort of um, contrary. Um, somebody mentioned the curb cuts. That's um, mm-hmm. one thing. <laughs> well, our um, detectable warning um, uh, signals, um, you know, the, the, the domed, um, um, you know, um, signals yeah. they have is hard for wheelchair. That's hard for yeah. wheelchair. So, you know, we can't, we're not always going to have the same, solutions but we need to show unity when we can and separate when we must but um um, and i I did also download and thank you for telling me about audio vault i did download and listen to crip camp and that really complemented my understanding of the book and gave me a lot of insight and before I let go of the mic, there's just one thing that has always puzzled me about Judy Newman, um, and maybe somebody can tell me. Um, I also remember Justin Dart because he spoke, you know. So you know, you know, a lot of the stuff I've lived to. But the one thing that puzzles me about um, and she fought. One thing she fought for was women's reproductive rights. And a lot of times what will happen is, you know, women will have an abortion if they're going to have a child with disabilities. To me, that seems, you know, if they're advised to have a, you know, if they have a Down syndrome child or, you know, sometimes, you know, a lot of Down syndrome babies are, are aborted and babies that have disabilities. You know, if they find out that they're going to have a child with disabilities, they don't keep the child. And so, in a way, I'm. I guess I'm really surprised that she would fight for the, a woman's right to do that. That just seems contrary to her person. Um, yeah. but otherwise, I enjoyed the book. I enjoyed the ACB speech, and I enjoyed the movie. And I learned a lot from it. But it also taught me, or just um, what I want to say, it just uh, cemented some of the things that I already knew. So um, thank you for choosing I, the book. Thank you. Um, I just wanted thank to quickly um, say something about the camp. This is Sharon. That camp was a pivotal experience for me as a blind person. It, like like what Judy said, it was a place where I felt accepted and uh, learned skills and learned social skills. So that was another point of commonality that, that I found. Yes, okay. I can. Um, this is Marcia. Oh, I'm sorry. Has everybody spoken? 
except for Randy. No, except for Randy. Yeah, except except for me. Randy. Okay. Randy. Um, okay. Reproductive rights. I know Nancy Younger. Um, is, is that Bala Costa who said that? Hi there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really like the. Can I say something real fast? I mean, everyone has been much more prolific. I mean, I mean, much more, um, you know, insightful. But no, I really enjoy the book. She, I, I admire her greatly, and she did a whole lot. I couldn't believe some of the stuff she went through to get where she had to, you know. And I liked her her voice. She had a real deep voice. I listened to some of the interview. Um, and I'm sorry she had to pass away at 76 or whatever, 75. But no, I, I really enjoyed the book. I, I mean, she did so many things I wouldn't want to enumerate. Them, um, but the way she went about trying to get people involved was fantastic. Thank you. If you saw the movie, she was she was much younger in that movie, and her oh, yes. voice was not high. <laughs> uh, what movie was that? Crip what camp. movie was that? Crip in? Crip, 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 Crip Camp. camp. Yeah. She was in her 20s okay. then. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, okay, Randy, hit it. All right. Well, as you all know, I absolutely love this book. Um, and I did work for two different SILs. And I have to agree with what Deborah said. There's a lot of inconsistency there. Sometimes I had all the support in the world. Nancy, would you please meet me? Mute, please. Um, oh, here they are, Debbie. I found them. Just a minute. Nancy, please mute. I muted her. I muted her. Okay. Oh, Thank you, okay. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Alan. Um, But anyway, I did Thank work you. for two cells, and there were a lot of inconsistencies. Sometimes I had all the support I needed. Other times I did not. And when the fight for the... Um, commission for the blind happened here in PA. I wanted to go to that rally. And I had just started my first job and my boss, um, our CEO said that if I wanted to go, it was going to be on my own time. I was not going to be allowed to do it for work. Well, I had just started. So I only had maybe one personal day. So I didn't, I couldn't go. And I, there were a lot of times I had to just keep my mouth shut and just keep my opinions to myself. But I, you know, like I said, there were other times when I had all the support in the world I needed. And when I got to hear Judy Human and Justin Dart at a conference, I was hooked. Judy, I, I've just always admired her. And I think even though Ed Roberts was a schmuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I have to agree, he was a really? schmuck. <laughs> Judy, even though she worked for him, you know, sometimes when you work for somebody, you have to play the game and, and go along with what they say. And then later you can do what you want to do. And I think maybe... I might be wrong, but I think maybe that was the position she was in because she never excluded us. And in that book, it was obvious that sit-in, she had everybody there, blind people, deaf people. That was just incredible. When the deaf people started signing everything, uh-huh. yeah, that was I great. loved it. That was, that was just awesome. Yes. 
<laughs> and I would have been there if I could have been. So thank you guys for reading this book. And um, I'm glad everybody liked it. It was, it just really was a book that I felt we needed to read. Randy, Thank sad. you, Randy. I, I want to make one more com quick comment, please. In California, Ed Roberts took away our client assistance program, which had 94% satisfaction. That didn't mean that we won. It meant the client who fought an appeal, you know, might have lost, but understood. And he, uh, and he uh, took it away. The most militant group that we had beside the Federation, the National Federation of the Blind of California, was the deaf community. They lined up with us and we lost. We didn't organize our picketing of the governor like Judy did. We needed Judy to organize us and we lost it and, and took the client assistance program. And uh, these are the reasons why I'm sorry. I, I And with all of that said, you have to admire him for of, of, in his own way, overcoming his disability. I do that. Now, the iron, he was in an iron lung. Yeah, but, was, but, know, yeah. but, but, but now I do not support it. true story. I, I realize now that you gave us the true uh, well, I angle on Ed Roberts, yep. uh, it, it reminded me, it, she kind of hints that he was not such a cool guy right. in the book. I remember that. How yes. she, he cut her out of the leadership mm -hmm. right. when they created mm -hmm. WID together. And then, boom, she gets a call. He's going to be mm -hmm. director. She's not co-director anymore. He stabbed so, her in the back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he yeah. did. Um, exactly. there's, one other, yeah. there's one other thing I wanted to say. When I was on YouTube looking for that video, I found some other things. And one of the things, if, if you want to hear more of her um, speeches and whatever, there's a TED Talk on YouTube that she did a few years ago. And it's very well done. It's about 20 minutes long, 25 minutes long, but it's so well done. And it's, it's funny and it's very poignant. So, and it's, it's a Ted talk T E D. Yeah. So it's very well done. If you want to hear more things, the more of her speeches. Sally, what were you trying to say? Can I just say yeah. one more thing? Oh, Randy, this is Sally. Yeah. I just wanted to address the reproductive rights from another point of view. Um, I understand what, um, the other speaker was saying about aborting um, fetuses with disabilities. But what another point of view is, many people with disabilities were, without their knowledge or consent, sterilized. And also, at the time that um, reproductive rights really came into its own with the pill and women's health centers, a lot of those did not have... Um, material in accessible formats. Right. A lot of mm -hmm. those centers or doctors did not know how to work with um, people who were blind, you know, to show them how to use mm -hmm. particular devices or birth control methods. And I have a friend who had an abortion, an elective abortion, at a woman's health center in Philadelphia. And they asked her, to come in two hours before they opened because they were picketed all the time. And they were afraid that someone from the picket line might follow her home and harass her. 
And mm. I think that, I think, yeah, and, and my friend wouldn't have known because she was totally blind. Wow. And I think that was a tremendous amount of understanding on their part. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. You know, you know um, and people didn't have information in accessible Braille. formats. They yeah. didn't even know what was out there. Mm. Um, so, you know, I give her a lot of credit for that. Am I, am I correct, Sally? You didn't read the book. I hope you can someday. I understand. Why oh, I didn't. will. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that, what, didn't they advise Judy's parents, am I reading, reading this right, to go uh, put her in a mental hospital, the doctor, when she was oh, two or one? one institution, yeah. 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 That's yeah. awful. Yeah. If, and that's when happening I, in America. That's still happening, I, I believe. Well, yeah. and I know a blind person. I know a blind person. She was telling me this was back when we were in school. So this was back in the in the sixties. Yeah, she was saying that her that they recommended the doctors recommended they that they put her. She's totally blind. That they put her in an institution. Wow. Well, and this is, I, I want to say something else that it's an observation that I've been having, and when Shirley spoke. I thought about it and I thought, do I dare say that? It's kind of uncool, but I'm going to be uncool and I'm going to say it out loud. You know, I think that there's something about Judaism because that protects and nurtures their children no matter what. Because I know so many successful Jewish people with disabilities who have, you know, I mean, Abe Nemeth, he, his, Family did not accept that he was a, you know, they weren't going to see him as a problem. He was just a kid who couldn't see. And mm -hmm. so, you know, and that's going back pretty far. But I think about a lot of people that I know in our era and before us and younger, I, there seems to be a real pattern that, and maybe it's got to do with their faith, their culture, whatever, that. Uh, Jewish people know how to raise their children. That's I all. I, it, just, I think it builds my the love of ever. education, and and I agree with you. Many, I'm not going to say everybody, but many Jewish families fight for their kids. They they don't just sit back. My parents were wonderful, but they thought the teacher was God. They said, "Oh no, mm -hmm. this is your battle," you know. And I, I, they weren't mean about it. My mom, mom, go to the principal. No, I'm not going to do it. But our Jewish mothers look at Judy Human's mother, for gosh sakes, and her father mm -hmm. on that yeah. stage. Yeah. She said yeah. she yeah. will yeah. sit in the front. You know, yeah. that's it. May I yeah. say something and, here? Well, let me just Please? add. I think it's a cultural drive for education that our Jewish friends. And uh, right, Americans right. have. Yeah, I, I think credit so them very much for that. I also Josh think it's Mealy. coming from Germany during World War II. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we when, Shirley spoke, the... when Shirley spoke, uh, Shirley and I are both Jewish. And uh, I, I did read enough of Judy's book to know that uh, she came from a very close Jewish family, and I know with my parents, it was always education, education. Mm -hmm. My mom said when I was going off to school for the first time, she said, well, when you go to college, you can do this <laughs> and that. And she didn't think I would get through first grade, but she they had enough faith in me, and they pushed and pushed and pushed. And they loved that I that I loved to read, 
And mm-hmm. but in those days, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you people had a lot of challenges. But we who grew up in the 40s and 50s, Bob and I know, we went through mm-hmm. so much rejection and fear of us and all this stuff. And I mean, mm-hmm. I was my own, I was my own um, office of the handicapped or disabled because I had to, I had, mom would say, well, you need books for next semester. You have to get the books you have to find out what they are. And she pushed and pushed and pushed me to get in touch with the teachers. She did a lot of stuff for me. They both did. But um, uh, it was yeah. a very interesting time to live. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad I did live in the 40s and 50s. But a lot of challenges, a lot of hatred, a lot of rejection. Because you couldn't see. Well, there it, there could be some truth to that, Deborah. It's interesting. So, an interesting there could thought. be some I know, truth, but, but I would like to say that my parents really um, were not Jewish, but they also fought for me so much. And same uh, here. So, same here. Um, same although here. there might be some cultural thing, I, I don't think it's exclusive. Um, yeah, you know, I think. No, and I don't think Deborah meant that. I just think I she, she meant it as an ab- observation that, you know, there's a, a culture there and and a, um, it just seems like there's a pattern. And that's all she meant. She who's didn't ever, mean that it was. Who's ever Emory boarding may want to mute themselves. Yeah, what is uh, that noise? It's kind of distracting. It's somebody with an Emory board working on their fingernails. It sounds like it. Randy, what's there? Where are we on the next book? Nancy. Nancy. You sure it's Nancy? I don't know. It is. It is. It is. Please don't interrupt. But anyway, we've really discussed this book. Wow, it's after nine. This was a great discussion. So thank you all. Um, well, thank you for next, recommending next. it. Yeah, thank you. It, okay. it, yeah. Can well, we have I'm the book for next month? Yeah. Um, Carla, are you prepared to talk about next month's book? I am. I am a little bit reluctant for a minute. You can tell me what you want to do. Um, um, this just sort of came up. I. Um, piece of my tooth fell out and I'm going to have to have some oral surgery I did yesterday, on, Carla, <laughs> go ahead. It's on the 19th <laughs> when the next group meets and, you know, I'll try to do, but I don't know how I'll be talking or how I'll be. And, or do we want to wait till June, read something else in May? Well, I think June is a bad, June's a bad. That's convention. Too. That's convention. Uh, so I yeah. Wow. Well, it's early. I don't even think we should meet in June, but that's my opinion. But, yeah, June and okay. July are it's, both sort of conventions. They're bad for the conventions, but because yeah. you know we have the the um, component that is virtual that starts in June, and there'll yep. be all these, and then in July, the, you know, there's going to be the convention. Convention. Well, then we might as well just take the whole summer. So, um, but I, I would, I will tell you this: I will be glad to do it in August. 
if that's if that's what you want, because by then that'll be August twenty fifth. I'll have to be. Back. I've read the book. I'll forget it by then. I better reread it. <laughs> oh, right. Well, I think I'm going to go ahead and read it anyway. Do you I want me to uh, let me? Do, can you still hear me now? Yes. Yes. Okay, because yeah. I was just holding it down. Yeah. But if yeah. you would like me to, I can read you the information about the book. No, you did that last time, and I think yeah. we, we yeah. read it. I read it because I, I read you it know, as well. I don't know about well, the rest of people. Do you want me to try to, to do it? I don't know what the book. Uh, so, somebody know, step up. Step, somebody step up and tell us if we're going to do the measure next month or not. Somebody make a decision. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, we don't have all night. It's already. It's almost eight thirty already. Let's, Let's do go. it. Yeah. yeah. So, so. Okay. Hold on. But if Carla's not able, we can all jump in. If Carla can't, Carla's not able to do it. We'll just do it. And yeah, then, we'll just do it. All right. So yeah. I, I, I have already made study questions. I'll try to be here, bro. If I'm okay. like I've got peanut butter on your mouth, no, you have to just be with me. But it's the measure. Which book are we? The measure? She's going to tell you. I'll, I'll give you the information about it now. Okay. Okay. And this is an extraordinary book. I could not put this down. It, for me to say that is really extraordinary. But it's called The Measure, a novel, and it's by Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, Ehrlich, E-R-L-I-C-K, and Julia Whelan, W-H-E-L-A-N. It's db one zero nine. Four seven five. That's one zero nine four seven five. It's eleven hours and two minutes, and it says. Um, and here's the um, the synopsis: eight eight ordinary people, one extraordinary choice. It seems like any other day. You wake up, pour a cup of coffee, and head out. But today, when you open your front door. Waiting for you oh. is a small wooden box. Oh this my! Box holds your oh, fate inside. The answer to the exact number of years you will live. Oh dear! <laughs> From suburban doorsteps to desert <laughs> tents, every person on every continent receives this same box. In an instant, the world is thrust into a collective frenzy. Where did these boxes come from? What do they mean? Is there truth to what they um, promise? As society comes together and pulls apart, everyone faces the same shock shocking choice. Do they wish to know how long they'll live? And if so, what will they do with the, with the knowledge? The measure charts the 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 dawn of this new world through an unforgettable cast of characters whose decisions and fates entangle with or interweaved with one another. Best friends whose dreams are forever um, intertwined. Um, pen pals finding refuge in the unknown, a couple. And, you know, it just goes on. There are eight people in this book. Yeah. And I got to tell you a funny story. When I was reading <laughs> this book, you're, you're going to, you're going to laugh about this. I was reading this book and um, um, I, I got, I went and I had a cup of coffee and I went, I stepped out on my front doorstep. I found a box. Oh, and no. it was just the right side. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out to be a, a, a said, said free reading yeah. matter for the blind. 
kind, I hope. It's, no, it didn't. But it was <laughs> an unexpected gift from a friend. So oh, I my gosh. It. Yeah. it was long and narrow like this box. No, it wouldn't it look like a talking book. So I, you can't, you, I, I did a double take when I found that book. <laughs> But okay, I, well, I will do my best. I'm, uh, you know, to to lead the book discussion, you know, and I hope that my mouth isn't poor cotton. But I'll do well, the Carla. What you can always do is send the information to me, and I can take over. Okay, but when I say I'm going to do something, this was really unforeseen. And it's the whole <laughs> well, that it's happens. The so it's the whole tooth, it, the tooth, and nothing but the tooth. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if it happens, hey, you know, Randy, that you are we can't officially do done, or are we? Yes, yes. Okay, thank you. Um, if that happens and you really can't do it, 